0: Everyone. Welcome to Horn of Africa Leftist Podcast. For this episode, I definitely want to have a discussion, or this episode will pretty much be dedicated to how and examining or considering how the left got ethiopia wrong again and their understanding uh their rhetoric and their framing and just overall just their presence on social media the last few weeks uh has been way off so this is an episode for anybody who is an outside observer who wants to understand the developments in ethiopia and the horn of africa to be guided by principles to be guided by a true sense of research uh, based on materialist lenses, based on principle of anti-imperialism, based on the principle of, you know, this framework of Lenin, Stalin, Mao, uh, and the anti-colonial radical tradition and the black radical tradition. And this is not has happened with the left content, c- content creator and journalist who the last few years have, I mean, few weeks have overly amplified one side versus the other. So this is an effort to just have a discussion and also an um, important episode to consider what does principle anti-imperialist solidarity supposed to look like for the Horn of Africa. And this is an effort to provide a balanced critical uh, you know, pushback for anybody who is, uh, you know, looking at the situation and trying to get a better understanding of Ethiopia, Eritrea, and the latest conflict with the Washington-backed TPLF. So there's three major points I want to highlight with this episode, and I'll start. The first point is... We must first examine the the left content creators and journalists position as being too pro Abby, Prime Minister Abby and his party Prosperity party due to sourcing information from the Abyssinian and the PFJ alliance that has led to the creation of the new diaspora base. No More Hashtag movement and the current development. Why do they do this? Maybe the motivating factors are for social media traction, audience metrics, and donation, etc. Or they just don't really have the time to fully read the actor's the history or examining their politics and background of the individual they're interacting. So there's a lot of factors why they decided to just source these, uh, Abyssinian and PFJ alliance sources like Simon, Tesvam Elias Amari, and the people behind the, uh, no more, uh, hashtag. And that's the first point. I mean, just examining the first point further, uh, we must point out that opposition to Washington backed TPLF, is not an uncritical endorsement of Prime Minister Abbey and his camp, which many leftist content creators have done so on the record, like Anne Garrison from Black, Gender, uh, Black Agenda Report, Ben Norton from Grey Zone, e- and Eugene from the uh, Breakthrough News. Everyone should be opposing the Washington-backed TPLF without taking a hard stance on Abiy and projecting Abyssinian fundamentalist rhetoric of Ethiopia and popular imagination. Just because a, pop- a particular state is targeted by imperialism does not mean you do away with your principle, politics, integrity, and materialist lenses. So everyone should be sober, understand all the leftist content creators I just mentioned got Ethiopia wrong again like they did during the pseudo marxist dark regime era for example eugene from the breakthrough news he has very uh, he has a sympathy for the dark era he has let it known and uh, you know, they just make that clear. They were wrong. He was wrong on the Dirk regime and his understanding that they are some type of socialist vanguard when they weren't. They pretty much uh, uh, lucrative and uh, assassinated or killed off the real leftist movement within Ethiopia. So his understanding of Ethiopia from the Dirk area uh, era is wrong. But he's correct on TPLF. But they have become currently the mouthpiece of one Abyssinian faction. In this case, Prime Minister Avi and his base from Namhado region versus the other, the TPLF uh, reactionary elements. So they're both reactionary for some reason. These leftist uh, journalists, like I mentioned, Anne Garrison, Ben Norton from Grey Zone, Eugene, are overly amplifying one side versus the other when both sides are reactionary as hell. Uh, second. There are voices on Twitter or social media who push the TPLF line under the veneer of anti-imperialist positioning as well. So we must be cautious of leftist sounding accounts, voices who will confuse you and deflect from actually having a critical and balanced understanding of the TPLF. Uh, they are pushing the TP, the, uh, the TPLF to first war leftists who are under the assumption that the, T, uh, the TPLF is socialist or targeted by the West or anti-neoliberal. This is no different from those who push Abby as anti-imperialist, just like the people I just mentioned. According to these voices, Melissa Znawi or the TPLF were coerced into invading Eritrea, Somalia, and playing as the regional police of Washington for 28 years. The cover of State Developmentalism or uh, you know, or the term itself or the idea itself of state developmentalism has disarmed leftists from examining their reactionary n- nature and collusion with imperialists over the years. I have seen people who have, I respect on, uh, you know, on social media who naively really being pulled by the probe TPLF leftist sounding accounts. Yes, all the leftist account uh, creators have got Ethiopia wrong and centering of neoliberal Abbey, but that doesn't mean you should pull into the, PLF, the TPLF narrative watched by leftists. Again, the principal position as outsider or you're a person that's pretty much principal is to outright oppose imperialism in Ethiopia plus all of the Horn of Africa without supporting TPLF or Abbey You know, having uncritical position of supporting either because they're reactionary and they are both a willing pawn of uh, uh, imperialists, just have different approach uh, way of doing it. So it is important to not get pulled by the bad politics from either side uh, using anti-imperialist cloak arguments. Third, the third point I want to examine on this episode is to pretty much consider the no no more social media, no more social media movement that, uh, and recognize you know what was done right and what was done wrong. So these are three points. So let's focus on the first one a lot of key points or rhetoric that uh you know all the le- uh, the journalists from Ann Garrison from the Black Agenda Report uh Eugene from the uh, Eugene um forget the uh Breakthrough News sorry pause there Breakthrough News uh, Eugene from the Breakthrough News uh Ben Norton from the Gray Zone team uh they kept Emphasizing these rhetoric and these key points for some reason that Abby is the first democratically elected leader and recipient of the Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, this is a tone they kept using over and over again as though uh, that should just disarm people and just say, yeah, he is uh, democratically elected uh, and has legitimacy. You're placing, you're choosing to have a position of giving legitimacy by using uh, imperialist uh, consideration or framing, you know, they have done this in other ways. So why are you as a leftist using the same thing? It doesn't make sense. Saying Abby is democratically elected leader is not the same thing as the Maduro in Venezuela or the pe- uh, leaders in Bolivia, Nogogorua, or even Cuba. This is not the same thing. You're trying to apply the same scenario without considering that, Abby is not the same as the leaders in Cuba, Bolivia, Venezuela. He's reactionary. He's neoliberal. Uh, you know, just because he's targeted by Washington right now, there's some aggressive positioning by Washington does not mean you you just totally disregard and give legitimacy to his politics, his, uh, his power base in Ethiopia. You're going beyond the boundary of, uh, reporting the issue and just citing and being a mouthpiece of one side and that is the prime minister of abby and it is it is really really bad what they have done and that's the reason why i had to pull back because i was i was boiling because like what is wrong with these people they have gone beyond like what is necessary and then endorsing or uh giving cover for abby which is not necessary you're, you're going beyond what is necessary eugene breakthrough news uh problematic views uh for example he he believes that Abby and the Prosperity Party, this is something that he mentioned in his interviews, and in one of the interviews on Ethiopia, on his show, uh, is inclusive and he has popular support and legitimacy. This is way, like, you're going beyond which is necessary. Abby uh, doesn't have a, it, you cannot, like, measure the Abby uh as having popular support and legitimacy uh that is not the conversation you need to be in this is an internal dialogue that needs to happen with ethiopians you're going in there and taking a side and trying to give it legitimacy without understanding uh there is a lot of uh, problems with abby that you have no idea what you're talking about that you're coming into a situation just recently just totally disregarding his history within TPLF, his history within ormia opdo his history with Oromia currently so again you are not, you're wrong to just give legitimacy by, by this framing. Second, he said that he noticed that, uh, oppos- he's bringing, uh, Avi is bringing the opposition member like brahanu Nguu to his cabinet. Again, you're not understanding Burhanu Nguu is from a reactionary, uh, element of the, uh, the Maharu opposition, Boat 7. Uh, I definitely recommend you research Brahano Nguu, uh, his links to Washington, uh, all these NGO and the NED and uh, the neoliberal elements of 2005. The WikiLeaks are clear. Uh, so that f- th- th- he's using this as an example to show that Abby is a reformer, uh, very inclusive. That's, you're going beyond the necessary uh, need to just focus on opposing Washington hand and giving legitimacy and this conversation on Ethiopia, that's not needed. You as an outsider should not be doing this at all, like at all. Uh, And then he tried to uh, say that the election was free, Uh, The government deserves credit like this is this is not needed. This is not needed because you're not again, you're going way beyond boundaries of anti-imperialism, the needs for opposing Washington aggressive uh, stance to giving legitimacy. There's two things here. You can only you as an outsider should only report on from the point of view of opposing imperialism. Not giving legitimacy and being one-sided to the internal power struggle between two Abyssinian, two reactionary factions. You're choosing to be sided with one. That doesn't make sense. And he kept saying that the government has more democratic space than the TPLF. This is like half truth. This is not like you're going beyond the boundary of trying to present the TPLF as reactionary and their problematic positioning of the last 28 years as being pawns or um, proxy of Washington, which is true. But you're totally disregarding. Abby was part of the TPLF. He was raised, and he was uh, pretty much in contact with the NSA intelligence community. He's well well versed on how to take and manage power, and he learned that from Meles You're totally disregarding his history and who is Abby. You're not this idea of trying to give legitimacy to Abby via this talking point of he's democratically elected. uh, He's a reformer, is violent and is wrong on all levels. And I'll explain in detail why, because his positioning has nothing to do. Uh, with the, uh, you know, like the, you're pretty much trying to echo the same position that you had on Venezuela, Cuba, and Bolivia, which is those guys are legitimately democratic in the sense that they are socialist. Uh, that's what I equate democratic to being a, a socialist oriented or leftist leaning and they are properly supported. In this case, Abby's not socialist and he's not, he is totally opposite of uh, Maduro. He's totally opposite of the leaders in Bolivia and Cuba and so on. So that's not needed. That's the mistake of Eugene Eugene from Breakthrough News, uh, Anne Garrison. The fact that they're centering Abby this way is a problem. And it speaks to, it goes beyond the necessary uh, positioning. And it it boils the blood. Like, what are you doing? You're doing harm by doing this. You don't need you to tell us that this guy is being targeted because he's some type of reformer. This is not Iran in 1950. This is not what's happening here. He's not being targeted because he's some type of democratically leader, or that's not what's happening here. This is a longer st- story. He's he is uh, he is the best option as far as their the positioning of Washington need in Ethiopia uh, in regards to uh, neoliberal consideration, privatization of state owned uh, assets, uh, advancing IMF directives. He is the perfect candidate, and he has been from the beginning. His issue in Cardinal Sin is the alliance with Eritrea. And the fact that his positioning on Somalia and, and so on, just the regional policy, that is the main point that, that he's being targeted. Beyond that, he's really perfect and he's in line. That's the, that's the only problem uh Washington has. And they're engaging with him, uh, he's engaging with them, but he doesn't want to give up his position on Eritrea and uh, ways forward and uh, his position on TPLF. His cardinal sin was to go against his other rival who are backed by Washington. He himself is was backed by Washington. Again, take a look at his connection to the NSA, how the intelligence community, uh, was linked. Uh, he, he's, he has served the TVLF very well the last 28 years. His track of record, his public, uh, speeches are not something that you want to co-opt and say this guy's a reformer. So I'm just saying that Eugene and Breakthrough News, their framing is quite liberal and lazy, la- lazy consideration of legitimacy when he just, Pulling in reactionary elements with pro-neoliberal views like him. An outlook on how to continue the Ethiopian settler state via Abyssinian fundamentalism views. And this is why he brought in Brahano Nugu. Not some idea, oh, this guy is very inclusive. He's democratic. Again, like, I don't understand. You're supposed to be socialist. But you're on this idea, uh, liberal idea of democracy uh, you know, evangelism or something that Washington and the State Department does. You sound in exactly the framing of he's democratically elected. Like it's not needed. It is not needed in leftist positioning. It is not needed in journalism who are from the left. This idea that you need to give legitimacy to an, uh, um, a targeted country, uh, when you don't know the system and their background. So let's just uh, understand that it's quite service level on source. This information that Eugene is getting, and his he's very heavily influenced by Simon Tesfai and the Abyssinian sources. And obviously, they're not going to give you a full picture of Avi. His positioning on Ethiopia is very problematic, and he alienates the marginalized community, the oppressed nationality. He, his vision for Ethiopia is a continuation of how Menelik has created Ethiopia with the European assistant. The creation of Ethiopia is late 1890 and it was done. So, uh, after Menlek canalized, uh, and conquered the southern, uh, nations and the south and the creation of Ethiopia is due to the European arms and support and finance. So, uh, this Abbey wants to continue this, uh, nation building project of Menlek to finally, uh, crush Oromo, uh, nationalism there, uh, and other, uh, you know, assertive nations in Ethiopia from you know they're at this point just asking for an inclusive ethiopia a reimagining of ethiopia but he wants to revert back to that world of one ethiopia under this menelik vision and that's problematic and uh eugene is coming to this situation and the pfj are choosing to side or ideologically choose a struggle internally with the uh, dominant and the one who I've been the uh, who I've been oppressing with the uh, support of imperialism uh, of the you know oppressed nationalities such as Oromia and the Southern nations and the South. So uh, again, this is quite surface level, and it's quite sad that uh, Eugene from uh, Breakthrough News and Garrison from Black Agenda Report, uh, Ben Norton, all these people have decided to go beyond what is necessary. And just overly amplify one, uh, side of the narrative. They have source from Simon Mayram, the Piff J. Cadres like him, uh, and the Abyssinian base, which is like giving half truth. Like I mentioned, they got everything right on the TPLF, but they're wrong on Abby and their positioning and understanding of Abby. So let's move forward in understanding why Abby. Uh, as a neoliberal and uh, eugene has dismissed this and uh, violently dismissed this uh, and this framing so let's just examine Avi's privatization agenda or neoliberal aims seem- is pretty much based on privatization of telecom for- forex uh you know uh and then the uh, is right now it's a forex crisis and inflation but it was pretty much stalled because uh, it didn't go beyond the telecom uh, forest crisis and due to the inflation. But his current, the current strategy was uh, pretty much to float the the burr, uh, to build you know many uh, major uh, uh, mega projects uh, and expect the World Bank, IMF to aid. And uh help out in the privatization of the state owned enterprises. That didn't go very well, uh, for other obvious reasons because he tried to uh start a war with TPL, the Washington backed TPLF. That was a cardinal sin, you're not supposed to do that. Again, I think much of Avi's Prime Minister's Avi ideas, his views, you know, his his party is called the prosperity party and it reflects these neoliberal idea of the Christian evangelist, you know, the prosperity gospel. Uh, you see him, you know, he pushes out neoliberal policies, uh, you know, building parks, uh, many projects. Uh, so where does this come from? He, he believes in, you know, he's of a Christian background. Uh, he believes in this idea of blessing through wealth. Uh, and you know, wealth is good. And this idea of wealth is necessary through, you know, this idea of prosperity of gospel. And is rooted in this idea of you know hyper individualism and is co-opted and it pushes uh, you know, what's, what we've seen in america and with the evangelist uh this is something that you know is an idea that began i guess in the 19th century the promotion of idea of divinity of the individual uh you know um harnessing mental energy to, to succeed in the idea that you can do whatever you want if you have positive thoughts uh this is something that he promotes this neoliberal hyper individual idea in his philosophy so again you 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 people are just coming in situation amplifying one guy without understanding the background of who abby is uh in his book abby's mender book uh you know he mender has become a buzzword in ethiopia Uh, it's a hamharic language term which literally means addition but also translated as coming together uh you know by something that he prime minister does but is problematic because it kind of disregards a race like you're supposed to ignore the horrific uh years of for the oppressed nationalities uh the levels of genocide how they were conquered and how ethiopia created violence with the bloodshed of their ancestors he also said that his press said president uh, predecessors attempts to apply Marxist and statist approach to economic development. And it has failed because they were alien to Ethiopia. So apparently Marx's ideas and this idea of state development, uh, uh, approach is alien to Ethiopia, according to him. In his book, he challenged Karl Marx, uh, Val- uh Lenin, Mao, uh, leftist ideas with vague mixture of Abyssinian mythology and Protestantism, protestant views. Uh, you know, he pretty much has a bias for a development of a central Ethiopian state without actually examining or the it's historical contradiction, uh, including the political and economic inequalities among uh Ethiopia's nationality. Uh Abby embraced some neoliberalism was evident when he spoke at the World Economic Forum two thousand nineteen, discussing the doctrine of free market, the importance of private sector, and highlighting Ethiopia's commitment to investing, accessing to the the World Trade Organization. Example of his uh, adherence to neoliberalism are visible in his privatization of Ethiopia's telecom sector, opening Ethiopian airlines to foreign investors, permitting Germans' uh, Volkswagen to develop uh, automobile industry uh, in a way that is exploitive to working uh, the workers since there are no minimum wage requirement in ethiopia there are policies have hurt workers because as labor raw materials and tax in an asian factory ethiopia offers a cheaper alternative lowering big brands such as gap band sweden hsm uh h&m so this is something that uh that was wrote, written on the HOA st- statement, but it's pretty much indicative of, uh, Abby's, uh, position. Neoliberal. So further, his conception of liberalism has, uh, Lacan roots. Government is created in a social contract for the purpose of protecting and preserving the individual nature right to life, liberty, and property and always careful not to validate these rights he argued liberalism is the ideological foundation for the industrial revolution based on free market economy regulated by the invisible hand as liberalism is a reaction to tyranny it promotes limited government and sees answers in a market economy economy so he views free market in a very uh welcoming very uh, uh like his philosophy is very gravitated on centered uh solution uh and he kind of views socialist system as tyranny uh he also, you know, he wants a civic nationalism, which means, you know, the idea of freedom, individual rights, uh, and he views group rights as ineffective. So this is something that you people are choosing to side and amplify, uh, Eugene and co. He also learned. From the Tunisian uh neoliberal expression of, you know, during the Arab ever- Spring, Tunisia was co-opted by the neoliberal elements. Uh he, he kinda wants to import that a uh, template and apply it to Ethiopia. He also um you know he argues that command economy is a failure and he wants to follow a free market principle and he believes that the government economy should be the government, uh, the role of the government in the economy should be limited. Uh and then also he has, you know, he, he doesn't want excessive state, state invention in certain areas. So he is pretty much the neoliberal ultimate dream and his philosophy is well in line with Washington. Uh, and then also he pretty much wants to, uh, you know, he wants to effectively push out the market, uh, and then push out a, l- a level playing field for the monopoly market. He believes there's too much government interference, uh, a private, uh, entities Uh so these are the position in his book that people need to translate into the and he also believes that that the 3,000 ngo in his country can help balance the government and private sector so he wants to externalize uh, a weak state basically and control of the market and so let's go back to eugene's view um and his understanding of 2005 for some reason eugene believes that the tplf uh, yeah, I think the uh, uh they stole the election in 2005, quote unquote election uh, in 2005 from the opposition in Narizawa. There was protest. Yeah, that really happened. But he's really wrong in understanding the opposition elements that the TPLF was, uh, um, you know, uh, trying to shut down. We're were uh, seriously neoliberal and very reactionary and Durhan Nugu was one of the uh, actors. You take away the TPLF you can see why the people advisor or allies of the Abbeys are neoliberal and reason why in alliance with them is that they all share common ideological views and neoliberalism and overall Abyssinine's views on what is Ethiopia in its future. That is the reason why he, Berhanu Nugu is part of the government and he is one of the ministers recently. He is currently uh, just been selected, Brahan Nugu, as the education minister. Uh, in addition to that, there's other uh, individuals uh, who are from a far right, uh, ultra unionist positioning uh, that, you know, that is being pulled to the Abbey's Prosperity Party uh, they are advocating Western liberal democracy, liberal economy, and, and pretty much. This is the positioning that, uh, Eugene, uh, p- kind of uses as an example that, oh, uh, Brahan is inclusive. He's been included in the government of Ethiopia by Avi. He, this is a, um, a track record that, uh, Avi is very much a progressive leader and he's a reformist. Okay. But that doesn't really examine who's Brahan Uh, Brahan wrote policy paper for the World Bank, which were later included in the, um, coalition for unity democracy manifesto the party that he used to uh, lead and its party pretty much uh it echoes this idea basic principle of individual freedom liberalism individual freedom free market and economic base ideas uh the use of you know the the, the usual capitalist system uh and, and it is against this idea of state state-led development uh and that's the, that is the people that Eugene, uh, from the, that media outlet is trying to frame as, uh, progressive or very inclusive. Moving forward to just to highlight the problem, uh, on the first point. Mr. Abbey is extremely interested. This is a quote uh, is interested to see a strong private sector that can generate jobs for the million youth that are currently unemployed. This is somebody that works, uh, under, uh, his administrator. Uh, he worked for the World Bank. His name is Abed. And he continued to say that I think this is a consistent. With the whole economic reform agenda for so long, ec- economic growth has been fueled by state investment and the state should secede space to the private sector and play its natural arbiter role as a regular. Again, this is the people that are in circle with Abby and they have super, uh, um, aggressive view on against the state regulation and hand. Uh, th- you can go search for it and the, uh, the article. Um, it's called ethiopia looks to young technocrats to lead ambitious reform drive in Instant financial times moving forward is a uh the guardian article that pretty much uh examines uh his views in 2020 there was an article from the guardians uh The government is now looking at alternative funding models, including student loans. There should be some kind of co-financing from the private sector. And this is one of the president of Addis Ababa University. Students need to start paying. This is one of the people in Abby's circle who want a private sector to lead student uh, loans in Ethiopia, which is ridiculous. Second. The Ministry of Higher Education suggested that free tuition was partly to blame for conflict because it made it harder for a university to maintain the quality of education and housing for roughly 200 new students. Uh, so they're pretty much trying to push this idea of uh, pushing student loans and taxing student, which is really problematic. Next is to examine Abby and the crypto connection. I think this article in the previous podcast spoke on this. Card- Card- cardano is not new to ethiopia in 2008 the government signed a deal with cardano to incorporate blockchain technology uh and and also in addition to that jack dorsey the founder of uh, twitter uh his he has pretty much has a lot of links with the ethiopian government and his support of the v- various uh, ethiopian based uh, private sector uh with the ethiopian government to mine gov- uh, bitcoin there is an actual tweet by uh avi uh Mm, that pretty much is really like pretty much to the good point. Um, he tweets, I would like to thank IMF for my sister, And it's the, uh, one of the uh, officials for IMF extraordinary support If Ethiopia's homegrown economic reform amounting to 2.9 billion. Building on our past success, we have embarked on a new journey to set Ethiopia on a path to prosperity. Nothing more clear than that, people. Come on. But, and then he, there's a famous quote where he says, borrowing from imf and the world bank is like borrowing from one's mother come on people come on like look this 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 quote is available you can look it up and uh and his views on it in addition to that the economics uh, magazine uh paper invited him to write uh his plan and his model manifesto so that could tell you something there uh and the financial um times there's a quote where he's an interview and he said, my model is capitalism. And it quotes, Ethiopia Prime Minister Plans Telecom Privatization. Again, these are all quotes and sources that I can provide on this episode note for you to review Abby's positioning and to actually review Eugene... uh uh Eugene from uh the breakthrough news and his hardline position of defending Abby to the point of uh abandoning uh you know principle and nuance understanding that hey this guy is not who you think he is he is not Hugo Chavez he is not moderno so let's not get out of hand and try to present Abby as though he is just because Ethiopia is targeted therefore we must support him no we don't need to do that Washington is backing TPLF, but at the same time, this guy has made concession is, uh, you know, has favorable position that Washington likes. The only thing that they don't like is his position is his positioning on Eritrea and the troops and management of Somalia. Uh, that's the only thing they don't like. Beyond that, they like everything about him internally. Uh, as far as his concession to neoliberal, his philosophy, everything is wonderful. The best scenario for Washington is to take uh, the TPLF long track record regionally to become a police by, you know, being aggressive against Eritrea, occupying Somalia, managing the Horn of Africa in its interest, keeping everything in check internally, uh, land grabs, approving land grabs and, and so on. So Abby problem is he's willing to privatize everything, uh, by any means necessary. But, uh, again, he just went and made a mistake uh, starting a war with a long time asset, the TPLF. Beyond that, he is reactionary and both sides are reactionary. Second point, um, let's move forward. The second point is to answer the second point. uh, You know, there's a lot of people on social media who somehow are being swayed or confused by a few leftist accounts or voices who want to whitewash the TPLF and trying to present them as anti-imperialist, anti-neoliberal, and so on. This is far from the truth. Under their rank for the 28 years. Ethiopia, 75% of its budget was via aid financing. It basically was a U.S. aid client state to a certain extent during uh, the TPLF era from 1991 to 2018. So I don't know what they're talking about. This is not true. Look up the facts and numbers. Second, under the TPLF, Ethiopia has privatized state-owned enterprises and phases from 1994 to 1998, from 1999 to 2004, Pretty much to benefit the TPLF's uh, big, huge conglomerate called Effort, and then the second is Medrock. All these efforts, efforts were to privatize all these state-owned enterprises uh, and the benefits of the TPLF ruling class—not Ethiopia as a whole, as a multi-ethnic or oh, multinational state—but. T, TPLF ruling class. They were enriched by this, uh, aka state developmentalism. State developmentalism can be co-opted and used for a few to exploit the state-owned enterprises and be managed in their hands. So a lot of people are disarmed by this idea under the T- T- TPLF and their Melesinawi, this philosophy of state developmentalism, uh, uh, this idea that their reign was ushered in this new socialist uh era and it doesn't make sense that did not happen you have to examine uh th- why was ethiopia considered a very a dependent uh country relying on donors uh this f- a quote unquote fast growth, 10% growth, and it has become one of the most a dependent country in the continent. How is that possible? So this is the, under the quote unquote, uh, pseudo Marxist, pseudo anti, uh, uh, imperialist, uh, group called the TPLF. So be careful. So these are the same people who, if you are to, you must be careful and not, not, not to positioning, to position the TPLF like you are doing Abby. Both sides are not anti imperialist. Both sides have, Connections and links are made connection to uh Washington. So you're walking into a situation where um uh, you must understand both sides are reactionary. So that's the second point. Third point is we must examine and understand the this thing, the social media hashtag, the uh, no more it just sprang out of nowhere the last few weeks. And uh, which is led by the Avicenian and the PFJ line. Uh, and we have seen the uh, support of the PSL uh black alliance for peace the no war Co- coalition which had good intention but it's problematic when they use these words such as uh, this is an example of pan africanism is an example of revolution and so on that's not true so the third point i want to highlight is this is the 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 problem with the psl black alliance for peace and the no war coalition they're positioning on non intervention or opposing washington aggressive policy and highlighting the issue of the washington back TPLF, that, that is not the, uh, the issue here. Uh, but the, but pretty much the, um, their uncritical support of Ethiopia's evangelical neoliberal prime minister, Abby. That is not what you call a solidarity that is needed. We don't need that. That is not anti-imperialism. That is not, uh, endorsing one reactionary element that is under target versus the other one. That is not very, uh, revolutionary. That is not pan-Africanism. Again, the, uh, the people who are part of the No More movement, some of them uh, have good intention and some are not have good intention. They're being uh, they're intentionally co-opting these words, buzzword revolution, Pan-African to mean something else when it's not. Pan-Africanism, you know, is the basis of scientific socialism. It is the foundation of scientific socialism. How is Abby uh, considered part of this tradition of Pan-Africa? He's not. He's not a socialist. He's totally the opposite of Pan-Africanism. So we don't need that and then they keep saying this is the no more uh hashtag movement is a revolution. How is a movement that just people with various uh positioning liberal tendencies and their class makeup and their various controversial positioning on Ethiopia uh call a revolution? This is not very revolutionary. Second, this idea that the no more hashtag is very inclusive of Somalis or the other nationalities. Yes, there were a few uh far people that showed up or some of the other people but Majority of the protests were led in North America, were led by the Amharu region and aka the Abyssinians. Uh, ruling class or people who have views that are Abyssinian. So, for the audience who don't understand, North America uh, has been a center of Abyssinian, a major base for Abyssinian fundamentalism for years because of long history of Halaslase and the student movement and diaspora base in North America. Uh, Ethiopians were sent to uh, historically black colleges and universities, uh, and then you know like Howard. So, there's just been long uh, connection with Ethiopia so giving that you have this long uh history of the Abyssinian base and their control and influence of the north america so these protests are majority by amharu region despite the uh quote saying this is a horn of africa thing yeah air trains were there but within the co- within the air train community the- who were there are from the uh, pfj base so we had to be careful in there, like I'm not opposing the fact that it's great that to see Ayrton Ethiopian engaging, but there's a lot of baggage. Uh, this is not a revolution. This is not pan-Africanism because it is not inclusive of the marginalized communities. It is not inclusive of the, uh, you know, addressing the historical grievances. And also it is looking like it is an endorsement. This is a way to endorse Abiy. Like opposition to TPLF is not endorsement of Abiy. You know, opposition to Washington aggression, uh, Washington intervention, Washington, uh, targeting of Ethiopia or Eritrea. It is not endorsement of ABBI or, uh, TPLF because both are reactionary. This is not the entities that we need to lead the Horn of Africa, even to an extent because PFJ has got a right when it comes to opposing Washington hands, but it got, a, it got it wrong. Like Simon Tesfai Maram, he's got it wrong. Like he, he's very violent in his views about uh, calling the marginalized community ethno-fascist, tribalist, pretty much echoing the traditional violent rhetoric that the Abyssinians have used to silent and smoke out and mute the marginalized community narrative of Ethiopia. And he is in order to amplify and get more support from these Abyssinian Amharu region. He has been very harsh and calling the Oromo Liberation uh, uh, Front terrorist uh, or ethno fascist, tribalist. It's very problematic. And this is not what er- the Eritrean er- Revolution is about. We're not. Under we didn't sign up or the revolution was not a revolt. So that 20, 40, 30, 30 years later, we will be in alliance with the pro men uh, like pro Selassie elements who have a vision of one Ethiopia uh, that pretty much has a violent tendency to suppress the oppressed nationalities, uh, disregard them, and pretty much have a co opted uh, historical uh understanding that it erases uh all these independent entities that existed before the creation of air and in Ethiopia in be- eighteen ninety. So it's a problematic. Um and then one of the things that I keep saying seeing is <clears throat> there's a hashtag Ottawa again. And I this uh the hashtag Ottawa again was part of this uh, No More campaign. Uh, why is this a problem, Ottawa again? Because the Battle of Ottawa uh, is always centered and mis- uh, misunderstood by actually the black uh, diaspora. Also, the white leftists who somehow have this uh, misunderstanding of the Battle of Ottawa and its framing. The framing that the these people who are running this campaign is to make it seem like Ethiopia was a country then uh, when it was just created... Then, at that time, 1890s, and it was by conquest. Uh, there was no such thing as Ethiopia before 1890. So the, ba- the idea of Battle Ottawa is to legitimize something that was just created and to give this idea of a 3000 year old state, which was false. There's no Ethiopia that existed for 3000 years or independent state. Uh, there was a- different kingdoms and entities in the horn of Africa. There was no nation states called Eritrea Ethiopia. This is, uh, something that was created due to influence of imperialism colonialism and various internal faction uh factors that led to uh, the creation of Eritrean nationalism versus what we call uh the Ethiopian nationalism so though both are have different reasoning and historical context for their creation but it must be noted that Eritrea and Ethiopia are created after 1890. So the Battle of Ottawa, uh, is used and amplified and is something that is brought up within the black, uh, popular, uh, imagination, black diaspora popular imagination as a way to say that we resisted. This is Ethiopia and we are with Ethiopia. We're with Ivy I- 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 you know, Marcus Garvey and so on. So, but the problem is Menelik was the one that was leading this battle. Uh, but it totally disregard that the overall, um, higher view of this Battle of Ottawa was that it was a proxy war between the British and the French. Control the Horn of Africa. the The British were supporting the Italians to make incursion as a way to counterbalance the French. The French were backing the the French and other powers were backing Medlek to counter the Italians. So that is the Battle of Ottawa is a proxy war between two uh, uh, well, uh, European powers at that time. So after the settlement of uh, the Battle of Ottawa, Ethiopia became uh, a, na- uh, a nation state blessed with the european support and it, it was created after men like, conquered all these nations in the south with the help with european arms and so on so it's a country that is of uh is a prison house of nations and nation, uh, nations and nationality so the battle of ottawa pretty much gives legitimacy to this thing called ethiopia and this narrative about it is three thousand years old it's an independent country and so on so when they say ottawa again they're trying to like uh frame this uh, no more thing and frame avi as medlek as though he's really resisting imperialism but that's not true that's not what happened with the battle of ottawa and that's not what's happening now this guy is not revolutionary uh and then we must be careful that yes the tplf is the bigger evil yes avi is being uh washington i mean uh ethiopia is being targeted But we must not like go beyond of choosing, uh, support Avi and not understanding the baggage that comes with that politic, political line. Another thing is I keep seeing the imperial flag. The imperial flag, the Ethiopian flag is, um, and I, I don't know uh, the decision by air trains to do this, but it's, th- it's their choice. And I'm not going to oppose that. I'm not opposing air trains and Ethiopians getting together. But I, me personally, I wouldn't sit next to or take a picture uh, with the Ethi- imperial flag. If I did, it's probably because of a lack of ignorance or out of choice. Um, the imperial flag to me just represent a uh, blood wrench history of the Melek era. Colonizing Oromos, colonizing the Somali nation, colonizing, uh, it's just, it's a symbolism of violent Sutter colonialism genocide and the building of Ethiopia. And for me, that flag represent, uh, an opposite to, uh, Ethiopian, uh, Eritrean revolution. Uh, this idea, of, you know, Eritrean revolution is supposed to be linked with the oppressed nationality struggles in Ethiopia. It is not supposed to be linked with this uh, Menlik, uh, view of nation of, uh, one Ethiopia. I, I don't know how we got here, but. Uh, The PFJ line when it comes to defending or opposing imperialism and the horn of africa is correct they are wrong when it comes to their positioning uh as far as their violence u- violent usage of ethnic fascist calling uh press nationalities ethnic fascist uh pretty much totally disregarding their positioning before 2018 with the Oromo protest is very inconsistent and it requires uh there, It's a lack of integrity it's a lack of uh uh alienating the marginalized community toward those people reactionary forces and that's what's happening the automobile community are very uh angered by the this positioning of the pbj and it must be understood we air trans do not just outright do this we only oppose the tplf from this point of view of washington backing and causing uh chaos in the street. Beyond that, the ideological struggle, we must stand with the oppressed nationality. We must stand for a new Ethiopia that is very inclusive and answers the question that is raised by the oppressed nationalities. And that is something that, uh, that's the problem. The, these leftist generalists and the left got it wrong. You're choosing to side in an ongoing ideological struggle on the questions of nations and nationality. You're choosing to side with the dominant uh power struggle, a uh, power uh, base that have been in power for a century for a century now. Another thing is their rhetorical usage. One of the usage that I kept saying is um quote I think it was a protest in New York City and um and the quote that I saw is, uh you know, is they went along to say they were speaking to many people and I don't know how air changes <laughs> were in the audience were going along with this, but it was definitely awkward and is not needed. Uh, the quote is, who wants freedom for Africa? Who is the beacon of freedom in Africa? Who has defeated invaders for a generation? Who is the only a- a- a black nation that has never been colonized? This is the ideological line that is used to formulate what is Ethiopia? And this is used to uh, pretty much discredit the Eritrean Revolution, discredit the marginalized oppressed nationalities and their historical grievances as a, as a conqueror nations and nationalities in Ethiopia and this thing called Ethiopia. Therefore, whenever people say, who is the black nation that has never been colonized? This is based on a false premises because Ethiopia is a creation of two uh, uh world power, European powers, uh, and deciding to make this they call Ethiopia as a center uh, to settle their differences and make it as neutral ground. Uh, that is Ethiopia. Ethiopia is not the narrative that it is a resisted colonialism. That is not true. It is a creation of colonialism. The Europeans, the British, I mean, the, the British and the French have helped create Meleks Ethiopia uh, from the train station. The modernization of Addis Ababa sending different uh, entrepreneur advisors. They help lead to the creation of Ethiopia. So, this narrative needs to be challenged more often it is not true ethiopia is a neo africa first neocolonial state so we're giving this impression that ethiopia is called never colonized you must be careful with the rhetoric use ethiopia is if you're really trying to like move forward you never you must go away with this stop saying this it's, it's very divisive so the left itself got it wrong by endorsing a one reactionary element uh which is avi under target versus the other which is the tplf they got it wrong because you're choosing to amplify uh abby and totally discarding his reactionary base totally discarding his neoliberal ideas totally discarding his service to imperialism for 18 years under the tplf totally discarding his role in oramia totally discarding his role in lpdo totally discarding his views on what is ethiopia but before we move forward i think i want to highlight something a quote from walgan macconan uh Olga Mkonen is a student, uh, Marxist student activist, and you know from the the 1960s and 70s, uh, who is a voice that uh, everyone should study, and sh- in order for you to understand, to have a proper position in, in Ethiopia, uh, he wrote a piece called, you know, on the question of nations and Ethiopia. And this is, was written on November 17th, 1969. So it's a, it's a, it's a long piece. Uh, it's almost like five pages, but I am going to pretty much highlight something that's relevant to this podcast. Okay. So the quote that I'm going to, okay. The quote, okay. The quote starts on page one. What, what are Ethiopian people composed of? I stress on the word people because so, so, Logically speaking, at the stage, Ethiopia is not really one nation. It is made up of a dozen nationalities within their own language, ways of dressing, history, social organization, and territorial entity. What else is a nation? It is not a made up of people with a particular tongue, particular ways of dressing, particular history, particular social and economic organization. Then maybe I conclude that. That in Ethiopia, there is the Oromo Nation, the Tigray Nation, the Amharu Nation, the Gurag Nation, the Sadamai Nation, the Walla Nation, the, Har- the Harari Nation, however much you want it, like the, it is the Somali Nation. This is true picture of Ethiopia. There is, of course, the fake Ethiopian nationalism advanced by the ruling class and unwillingly accepted and even propagated by innocent fellow travelers. What is fake nationalism? It is not simply Eti- Amharu and to a certain extent, Amharu Tigray supremacy. Ask anybody what Ethiopian culture is. Ask anybody what Ethiopian language is. Ask anybody what Ethiopian music is. Ask anybody what the natural dress is. National dress is. It is either Amharu or Amharu Tigray. To be a genuine Ethiopian, one has to speak amharic listen to Amharic music, to accept Amhara Tigray region, religion, or sex Christianity, and to wear the Amharai, Tigray shama an international in international conferences and some cases to be in ethiopian you will even have to change your name in short to be ethiopian you will have to wear an amharu mask to use fanon's expression start asserting your national identity and you are automatically a tribalist that if you are not blessed to be born in amharu according to the constitution you will need amharic to go school to get a job to read books however few and even to listen to news radio ethiopian unless you are a small you're an air train model for obvious reason to anybody who has uh who has gotten a nodding acquaintance with marxism culture is nothing more than the superstructure of an academic basis so, cultural domination always presupposes economic subjugation. A clear example of economic subjugation will be the Amharu and to a certain extent Tigre system in the south, uh, and Amharu tigray coalition in the urban areas. The usual pseudo reputation of this analysis is the reference to the large Amharu and Tigray masses wallowing in poverty in the countryside. For that matter, during the heydays of the British imperialism, a large mass of British workers had to live under inhumane condition. Another popular corner argument is that there are two, three ministers of non Amharu Tigray nationalities in the cabinet, one or two generals in the army, one or two governors and dozens in the countryside. But out in out an uh, imperialist like the British used to rule their clo- colonies mainly by enlisting the support of tribal chiefs who were much more rich than the average citizens in the uh, British m- metropolis. The fact that the were members of the French, uh, national assembly and the fact that they were members, uh, even ministers did not reduce an auto of Sengalese and Ivory Coast loss of, uh, political independence. Of course, the economic and cultural subjugation by the Amharus and their junior partners, Tigray, is a historical accident. The Amharus are not dominant because of an inherent, uh, imperialist, uh, imperialist tendencies. The Oromos could have done it. The wallats could have done it. And history proves that they try to do this. So, but, that is not an excuse for the perpetration of the situation. The immediate question is what we must declare to stop it. We must build a genuine nation, national state. What is a genuine national state? It is a state in which all nationalities participate equally in state affairs. It is a state where every nationality is given equal opportunity to preserve and develop its language, its music, and its history. It is a state where Amharu's... Tigray, Oromo, Hariri, Somalis, Walait, Gorag are treated equally. It is a state where no nation dominates another and it's to be economically or culturally. So this is a quote and it's really historically relevant and the nation state and the question of nation nations and nationalities have not been answered and the current struggle, despite the warm faction between the Amharu region and the Tigray region via Abbey, is a continuous uh uh power struggle that has been going on for centuries. So again, leftist journalist got it wrong again by choosing to amplify the avid aside and opposition to the Washington back element the totally disregarding the the basis the ongoing ideological struggle and the question of nations and nationality that has not been solved so it's important for you as a journalist uh, independent thinker observer to not do what Eugene uh, Eugene um, again I'm forgetting the his full uh, news station. Uh, d- do not do what Ann Garrison, Ann Garrison from Black Agenda Report, Ben Norton from Gray Zone, and Eugene from Breakthrough News. Now. They probably made a mistake not understanding that they're sourcing of uh, you know pfj elements like uh simon tsvimaram you're going to get like the half truth the other truth if you abandon it you'll go to you know conclude things correctly and in order to do that you must like um read the uncomfortable truth on all sides uh this is not a way to say we must su- you must support the tplf no it must be clear that the tplf is the bigger evil it is backed heavily by washington but at the same time, we must not ignore that uh, Avi is reactionary and his base are reactionary. And uh, this is not the protest. The no more protest it is an expression of the Abyssinian or a.k.a. the Amhara region alliance with Eritrea or the PFJ. Uh, this is an expression of this alliance. It is not a truly multinational uh, endorsement. Uh, obviously, uh, the people who call themselves Ethiopian oppose intervention. I support that. Uh, oppose the Washington backed to I support that. What I don't support is you having this ideological view of the Ivysenian fundamentalist view of one Ethiopia, uh, totally disregarding the historical grievances of the oppressed national and totally, uh, uh, pretty much discrediting anybody who is not of, uh, of, uh, Ivesenian background, which is from Amharu or Tigray region or aka Habasha. So. You as leftists and observers are coming into an ongoing struggle and for you to amplify the avi and his side and uh, must be careful again the PSL. The, uh, war coalition, black police for, uh, black, black police for, uh, black alliance for peace and the war coalition. They have good attention, but they must be careful because they're being exploited. Uh, their, uh, solidarity is being used by a certain base, uh, in a faction that is fighting currently. And, uh, you have to be careful and you don't want to alienate the other, uh, person nationality. And that's all I'm saying. You have to be careful the rhetoric that you use how you say uh you know don't don't say ethiopia has never been colonized don't like call oppressed nationalities tribalist ethno-fascist or present avi as some type of reformer or quote say he's democratically elected that's not necessary there's a lot of questions, a lot of baggage under him. So for you to totally ignore that is very unprincipled and does not go with the long tradition of anti-imperialist tradition, uh, anti-reactionary, uh, you know, pro-revolution. And in this case, there's no revolution in Ethiopia. Let's, de- ma- let's de- make that clear. The no more hashtag is not a revolution. That is just some people on social media getting together, which is no problem. I think I agree with the, the whole uh, sentiment and momentum of opposing the TPLF. I support that, but I just don't support their other, uh, positioning. And that becomes a problem. Uh, but overall, um, you know, somebody has to have a critical voice and bring balance to a situation where people, uh, might repeat what they have done with the dark regime, where for some reason people, the U.S. left during the seventies were supporting the dark regime because, uh, the, the Mengistu regime and the Derg regime had some, uh, you know, Lenin cult statues and positioning, and not understanding the ruling class uh, that they represent, and they represent. Uh, one Ethiopia, uh, this idea of, you know, continuating, continuing, continuing what Melek, Johannes all these elements built and not answering the nation, nations and nationality question in a very, uh, revolutionary way. And it, the Derg was a hijacking of a, a real revolutionary. And Walgan Makonen is a individual that people should have studied because he's from the Amhara region. He himself is saying we must address the nations and nationality question for us to move forward under a, a Marxist lens, under a revolutionary lens again there is no socialist leftist entity fighting on both sides none at all and this is a, a bigger pro- a problem and, and in order for uh people from the outside to give proper solidarity all you have to do is oppose washington and washington positioning and how harmful it is beyond that there's no need to get involved in internal conflict in ethiopia because you're gonna you're gonna get burnt please don't do it Make sure you're not being one-sided. Just oppose Washington hands, interference, State Department, USAID, all these Washington officials. That's it. That's all you have to do. Beyond just like going hardcore for Abby, being a supporter, cheerleader, that's not needed. That is not needed. And also, at the same time, the TPLF, the pro TPLF us you you don't need to do this. The TPLF are pretty much a proxy actor and have been in service imperialists. For you to support them because you've, you're disarmed by their, quote unquote, state developmentism is wrong. The, on track record, WikiLeaks have shown Meles wants to assassinate. Or different, uh, even the French, uh, officials and his book, and uh, various books have said that Meles positioning was to pretty much want to assassinate Gaddafi, uh, and various things in the region. So this positioning of Meles and the TPLF and sympathy from these elements on Twitter. Yes. Abby's a reactionary. He's a neoliberal, but that doesn't mean you are positioning of supporting the TPLF is right. That's it. All I'm asking is to be balanced. Uh, you know, I appreciate the, uh, sl- solidarity. Again, this is just a critical view, nothing personal for the people, uh, Anne Garrison from Black Agenda Report, Ben Norton from Grey Zone, and Eugene from Breakthrough News. Just view this as a criticism for you to be balanced because you guys went way, 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 way to the extreme of like being hardcore cheerleaders of Avi and it's not needed we don't need this type of framing and giving it to people who really were trying to understand what's happening in Ethiopia you're framing Avi as some type of revolutionary leader that is targeted that's not true leave this shit alone you don't need to do this just focus on Washington. That's it. And Washington and how Washington is backing TPLF. Do not fall for Simon Tussifamidam and his framing of Abby or Isaias as revolutionary. Please be careful. Be sober. The only thing we need for the global left is to oppose imperialism, not take a uh, Harland stance on local uh, power struggle and just leave it alone. That's it. Thank you very much.